When Jesus died, the curtain in the temple that divides the holy place from the holy of holies, the very curtain that separates man from God was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, tombs were opened, and many who had died in the Lord were raised, entered the holy city, and appeared to many. The centurion keeping watch and those with him who saw these things were amazed. The centurion praised God, declaring, Surely he was innocent. Others joined him to say, Truly this was the Son of God. Jesus died when the lambs were being sacrificed for Passover. I remember the words of John the Baptist some time ago when he looked upon Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Now the Son of God has become our sacrifice, that we might have life through his death. It was the day of preparation, and to keep the bodies from remaining crucified on the Sabbath, the next day was High Sabbath, our religious leaders asked the governor, Pontius Pilate, to have their legs broken, that they might be taken down. It can take a long time for a man to die on a Roman cross. Breaking the legs brings death quickly. The request was granted. Soldiers were dispatched. They broke the legs of the first man and of the other criminal crucified there. But coming to Jesus, when they saw he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But to be sure, one of the soldiers pierced the side of Jesus with a spear. Immediately, blood and water flowed from the wound, evidence of his death. This fulfilled the psalm, which says, Not a bone of him shall be broken. And the prophecy of Zechariah, who said, They shall look upon him whom they pierced. It was almost evening when Joseph of Arimathea gathered courage to ask Pilate for the body of Jesus. Joseph is a prominent member of the Sanhedrin, our Supreme Council, which opposed Jesus and condemned him to death. Yet, Joseph had become a follower, but in secret. When the governor received the request, he wondered if Jesus was already dead. So he called his centurion to confirm before releasing the body. Joseph then laid Jesus in his own tomb. It was new, cut from solid rock and located in a garden just outside the city gate. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, that he would be buried in the tomb of a rich man. Nicodemus came too bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, spices for burial, about 100 pounds in weight. Now, Nicodemus is a member of the Pharisees, one of our religious parties in great opposition to Jesus. But like Joseph, Nicodemus had also followed the ministry of Jesus with great interest. The two men took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices according to our burial custom. 
They released a large stone which rolled against the entrance of the tomb and then went away to their homes to observe the Sabbath. Some of our women were watching from a distance and saw that the preparations for burial were made in haste. They also went away to keep the Sabbath. This ended the first day. The next day, the chief priests and Pharisees went to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that while he was still alive, we heard this deceiver say, After three days I will rise again. Therefore, post a guard at the tomb so that his disciples cannot steal the body and then start a second lie worse than the first, saying that he is risen from the dead. Pilate said, you have a guard. Go and make the tomb secure as you know how. So they made the grave secure, and with the guard, they set a seal on it. This ended the second day. Then, early in the morning after the Sabbath, there was a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven, rolled away the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning. His garment was as white as snow. The Roman guards were terrified. They shook with fear and became like dead men until gaining enough strength to flee the scene. As the sun began to rise on a new day, some of our women set off for the tomb, carrying many spices to anoint the body of Jesus. Along the way, they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the tomb for us, since it is large? But when they came to the tomb, they saw that the stone was already rolled away. They stopped. Slowly and fearfully, the women walked toward the entrance of the tomb. They looked inside and then entered but did not see the body of Jesus. As they stood there wondering what happened, suddenly two men appeared in shining garments. The women were afraid and turned away. The men said to them, no doubt, they were angels. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Now go and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going before you to Galilee. Remember the words he spoke to you while he was with you, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and rise again on the third day. They remembered the words of the Lord and ran from the tomb to tell us the news. Meanwhile, the Roman guards who fled the tomb entered the city. They found the chief priests and told them everything. The priests met together. They secured a large sum of money and brought it to the soldiers, saying, Take this, and if you are asked about him, say, his disciples came by night and stole the body while we were asleep. Now, if this matter comes to the attention of the governor, do not be afraid. 
we will persuade him for you and keep you out of trouble. The soldiers took the money and did what they were told. This story has been spread among the Jews. Now, when the women first came to the tomb, Mary Magdalene was with them. And when they saw that the grave was empty, Mary ran to tell us. She was very distraught when she found me and John. Mary said, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Immediately I took off running, and John was with me. We were running together, but John ran ahead faster and came to the tomb first. He looked inside and beheld the linen wrappings, but John did not enter. After arriving, I went straight inside the tomb. I saw the linen wrappings lying there and the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then John entered. He saw and believed. The body was not there. But where? For as yet we could not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So we left. Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stooped down, looked inside, and beheld two angels in white. They were seated, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been. But when she did not know who or what they were, the angels said, Woman, why are you weeping? Mary answered, Because they have taken away my Lord out of the tomb, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned around and beheld Jesus standing there, but did not recognize him. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Mary thought he was the gardener and answered, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Her eyes were opened, and she cried out, Rabboni, which means, Dear Teacher. Mary fell at his feet and took hold of the Lord. Jesus said, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my disciples and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary ran to us with the other women. We were hiding behind closed doors, fearing arrest. When we heard the knock at the door, we did not answer, hoping that whoever it was would go away. But the knock persisted. Finally, we opened the door and they rushed inside with excitement, shouting, We have seen the Lord! Their words were nonsense to us, and we did not believe them. They said, You, you do not believe? Well, we have seen him, and now we have told you.
and they left. Seen him? Yes. We saw that he was dead. But alive? Could it be? That same day, two followers of Jesus were on their way to a village called Emmaus, a journey from Jerusalem of about seven miles. As they walked, they talked about all the things that had happened. A stranger appeared on the way and joined them on their journey. He said, what are you discussing? They stopped and looking downcast, one of them, Cleopas, answered, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened? The stranger said, what things? They answered, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet, mighty in word and deed, both before God and man, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death and had him crucified. We were hoping that he was the one who would restore our nation. Now, it's been three days since these things happened, and this morning some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early, but did not find a body. Then they reported seeing a vision of angels who said that Jesus was alive. Some of those with us went to investigate and found the tomb empty, but they did not see Jesus. The stranger said to them, O oh, foolish men, who are slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and then to enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and continuing through the prophets, he interpreted the scripture with reference to Messiah until they came to Emmaus. This stranger acted as though he wanted to go on, but they begged him, saying, Please, stay with us, for it is almost evening. So he joined them. They entered an inn and reclined there for a meal. The stranger took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. Suddenly, their eyes were opened. They saw that it was Jesus. Then, suddenly he was gone. They looked at one another in amazement, saying, were our hearts not inspired as he spoke to us along the way? Immediately, the two men got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found us that evening and told us about their experience with the Lord on the road to Emmaus and how he appeared to them in the breaking of bread. But we did not believe them. As they were speaking, suddenly, Jesus appeared, saying, Peace be with you. We were startled and thought we were seeing a ghost. He said to us, Why are you afraid? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look and see that it is I. He showed us the wounds in his hands, in his feet, and in his side, saying, Touch me. Feel me. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. 
but we still could not believe our eyes. He asked, Do you have anything to eat? Someone gave him a piece of broiled fish, and Jesus ate it. Yes, in order to prove he was not merely a spirit, but a resurrected body, and one who was willing to have fellowship with us. Jesus said, These are my words, which I spoke while I was with you, that all things which are written in the law of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Behold, it is fulfilled. Then Jesus opened our minds to understand the scripture, saying, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses. Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. Jesus breathed on us, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, their sins remain. Now, Thomas, one of our own, was not with us when Jesus appeared. When Thomas returned, we told him about our experience with the Lord. But he said, Unless I shall see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Could we blame him? For we did not believe the testimony of the women. Eight days later, we were all together, still in hiding behind closed doors, but Thomas was with us. Suddenly, the Lord stood in our midst, saying, Peace be with you. Jesus looked at Thomas and said, Reach here your finger. See my hands. Reach here your hand. Put it into my side. Be not unbelieving, but believe. Thomas declared, My Lord and my God. Jesus answered, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are the ones who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus did many other things, which I have not mentioned. But what I have told you is enough for you to know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who gives eternal life to those who believe in him. Do you truly believe that God Almighty came from heaven to earth to clothe himself in humanity and die on a cross to pay the price of your sins and mine? Do you believe that all who turn from sin in repentance and receive forgiveness through faith in Christ inherit eternal life? If so, then let this be a time to refresh your faith. If not, then why not 
right now. So, whether you are renewing your commitment to the Lord or dedicating your life to Christ for the first time, please join me in this personal prayer of commitment. God, I realize that I have sinned and that my sin separates me from you. I come to you in repentance and I receive your forgiveness in Christ. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me and I join you in death to sin. I believe you rose from the grave for me and I join you in resurrection to eternal life, which you give by grace through faith. I take you, Jesus, as Savior and Lord, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others and holding only to you throughout eternity, I give you my life and I receive your spirit.